This episode is brought to you in part by Candorel. Coming soon, a luxury master-planned condominium community rising at the corner of Bathurst and St. Clair. Situated directly on the subway and streetcar line, a monument of architecture and interior design, a timeless expression of glamour and grace. Forêt Forest Hill. Register today at live at forêt.ca. That's live at f-o-r-e-t dot c-a. very much expecting calls three days before saying, I've got the sniffles, what should I do? And by all means, That's you know, Zane Colt, a Toronto lobbyist. And in just over two weeks, he and his bride, Baden Colt, she's a marketing specialist, will have their long-delayed Jewish wedding. And I say long-delayed because the couples had to postpone their I do's five times because of COVID. They were actually supposed to get married on June 14th, 2020, exactly two years ago today. The couple got so fed up with the emotional roller coaster of lockdowns and pandemic restrictions that took a toll on their event, so they went ahead and got legally married nine months ago, just a civil ceremony at their cottage, which is why they already share the same last name. But as many Jewish couples around North America are doing this summer to make up for what was lost during the peak of COVID, the cult's meaningful Jewish religious ceremony is set to go full steam ahead on June 30th. You know, we got the, the license in the mail and we have the rings on our fingers, but the ceremony, the Jewish ceremony uh, in front of our friends and family is what we're most looking forward to. Yeah. I'm Ellen Besner, and this is what Jewish Canada sounds like for Tuesday, June 14th, 2022. Welcome to the CJN Daily, sponsored by Metropia. Zane and Baden Colt got engaged in 2018, but COVID had other plans, and so, like thousands of Canadian couples, they had to pivot. But wedding venues and caterers say they're busier than ever this summer as couples like the Colts finally tie the knot. Now, the Colts' wedding won't look exactly the way they had it planned out when they decided to get hitched four years ago, but they're happy because they're older and wiser now and they're doing things their way. Coming up, we'll hear about their wedding odyssey. But first, here's what's making news elsewhere in Canada right now. Hi, I'm Ami Wise from Ottawa, and this is what Jewish Canada sounds like. It's a big milestone this week for the Chai Folk Ensemble of Winnipeg. They're North America's oldest and largest Israeli folk dance group, and they're releasing their first album in a decade. They started in the late Sarah Summers' home in 1964 with just eight dancers. Now they encompass about 50 singers, musicians, and dancers, and they travel all over the world performing, including in Ukraine, before the war. On Thursday, June 16th, the Chai Folk Ensemble hosts a live concert to celebrate their album. The show is called A Great Light. It's being held live at the Royal Manitoba Theatre, and you can find the link for tickets in our show notes, and it's also being live-streamed. And joining us now are Zane and Baden Colt and my colleague Lila Sarek. She's the CJN's news editor and she's on their guest list. I guess we should disclose to the audience that, you know, you guys are related. So maybe you'll get invited to the actual wedding or maybe you already were. We have to find this out. <laughs> anyway, um, so Lila, take it away. You know the story better than me. Okay. So I know that Zane and Baden, you, I've been gotten a number of invitations to weddings with, from you guys. How many times have you had to make a wedding and cancel it um, since it all started? Yeah, there will be five dates, I think, altogether. Um, the first date was set uh, June 14th, 2020. 
which, uh, you know, with the pandemic coming in in March, we thought we, you know, we're still waiting two weeks to flatten the curve. And uh, that has been two years. And now, finally, June 30th, Air of Canada Day 2022, uh, we're having the big party that we always wanted to have with uh, all of our friends and family and a whole bunch of Baden's family coming up from the States. Walk us through a little bit about what the challenges were to get the flowers that you needed and the, the place and, and all that stuff and keep going through till today. Well, luckily, we didn't initially um, purchase anything that had the date on it. So that I know that a lot of people bought print materials, napkins, things with the, their wedding date embossed. We didn't do that. So uh, I like to think that uh, we were a little bit ahead of uh, ahead of this on that front. Um, yeah, at the very at the very beginning, a lot of the vendors had asked for a little bit more of a deposit to stay afloat, and we did our part. We topped them up uh, to about fifty or sixty percent uh, for for the decor folks and and for the venue and caterer as well. Uh, but as we continued to push the dates f- further and further in advance, uh, it reached a point where we were a little bit concerned that, that they would go under and we would not get the money back. So we did a little bit to to do our part to keep everyone afloat. And and of course, there's some circumstances where costs have gone up from two years ago when the date was supposed to happen. And even a year and a half before that, when we signed the original contract, the contract was signed in 2018, actually, which is when we got engaged. And so how much has this, can you say, would you be able to tell us how much it cost you uh, more because you've been sort of dragging it out? Uh, I mean, flowers have gone up. I thought, uh, maybe, maybe a rounded number. Yeah, 20%. Um, and food has gone up almost $10 a head, I imagine. And then on top of that, and I'm sure um, a lot of people can sympathize with me here, the wedding dress that I initially bought doesn't fit anymore. So I had to buy a second wedding gown. Um, you know, I, I hope to sell the first one, but no one's bit yet. So any listeners looking for a beautiful gown. With the tag still on it. tag still on. Hit me up. <laughs> one thing I heard from our wedding planners was that, that we interviewed was it was really hard for couples to get to stay excited about their wedding. Like it was just like, oh my gosh, it's one more thing to check off the to-do list. How are you feeling about your wedding wedding now that it's actually going to come? So I'll, I'll be candid because we had very different experiences actually um, as we were going along and pushing the dates. Um, Zane kept a lot of optimism throughout the process, at least better than I did. Um, I think as the maybe the second date was was uh, postponed, I really felt burnt out by the process um, and discouraged. The events that you would normally have throughout planning a wedding, you know, a, a bridal shower, a bachelorette, um, a bachelor party, have all gotten stretched out in really weird ways. Um, my bachelorette was supposed to happen years ago, around the same time as Zane's bachelor party his happened and mine didn't and mine's only happening this coming weekend so and you're not a bachelorette anymore That's yeah right. so years apart um very odd circumstances and i think we're starting to get really excited about things again but i almost um in order to kind of protect myself and protect my heart from getting let down so many times over again um 
I put up a real wall and, and did not let myself get excited about wedding things for a while. Yeah, I, I I'm trying to to get into the mindset like I can't wait for this from from I can't wait for this to be over to I can't wait for this to actually happen. And uh, with all of the wedding planning and and dealing with the nitty gritty of things, uh, you know, like like you said, it's so easy to just try to look past it and move on and thought, think about family building and think about move uh, think about our life continuing. But I want to live in the moment. And, we, you know, the whole point was to have this special day. And we've waited so long for it to happen. So let's not blow past it so quickly. So I can't wait for this day to finally come. So you're already legally, civilly married. Yes. But you didn't have the religious part. We made a point of separating the two. And how yeah. important is it to you to walk under a chuppah, do the breaking of the glass, the whole thing. It, it was very important and, and most important to be surrounded by our friends and family. So we wanted that to be our community ceremony and that everyone was able to witness that together. And the the civil ceremony, you know, is essentially just the paperwork and that we, we had with under 20 guests uh, in a park near our cottage and we went for burgers and fries afterwards. About an hour after the ceremony, I had... Uh... I had changed into Lululemon pants and, you know, sandals. And maybe an hour or two after that, I fell asleep on the couch. <laughs> Just like old married couple. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. So we really tried to make that one, um, not that it wasn't special. It was very special, it, it, but it wasn't a wedding. You know, it, it really seems like this is the season of weddings. And I'm wondering, you know, you're, you're that age right now. Do you find you have a lot of weddings on your uh, calendar this summer? Yeah. So we have, including our own, we have six and, uh, and a big engagement party. You were mentioning, Baden, that you started, and you started tearing up a little bit when you talked about what your emotional journey has been. Yeah. What does that look like for you? Trying to plan a wedding so many times, even doing it once is an emotional thing. Yeah, I'm going to tear up again. Um, yeah. Uh, you know, I think about uh, there's 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 a number of guests who've passed away in the last two years who are not who were on the original list and who aren't going to be able to be there anymore. And, and both of our grandmothers are are probably not going to be able to attend either um, just because the mobility has changed so much over the last two years. And and it's very sad. Um, we, we want everyone to be there. And we felt, you know, we've waited so long to have you please come and, and celebrate us. And, uh, and that's just kind of the reality of, of pushing back to have the ceremony we want that not everyone's going to be able to make it. But I do want to add on the flip side, there have been unexpected joys in this process too. Um, you know, we have new friends who we either didn't know or didn't know well, um, who are now going to be able to celebrate with us. We have friends who've started dating someone, gotten engaged, and now they're, it's not just a plus one that's coming to the wedding, but they're their life partner. And that's a beautiful thing too. And what is your wedding going to look like that maybe it wouldn't have looked like five years ago in terms of, I don't know, a special prayer, the music? Is there anything that you cha that you really want to put into that it'll be memorable for the times we're living in that you want to share with us? Oh, yeah. The format. Yeah. The format's changed, actually. Uh, we were going to do a plate at dinner. And uh, now I guess the secret's out for, for Lila, but it's going to be a cocktails and stations all night. And... We kind of took a step back and said, you know what, this this wedding was getting uh, getting to be something that 
that was a, a party for for our parents and and our parents' friends, and and we loved the idea of just finger food and snacking all night long, and and no real format, no speeches, and and no no chicken dinners and so we wanted the food we wanted to have and we wanted the stations and and we just want people to mingle and socialize all night so that's changed from from the original iteration uh the ceremony uh, no special prayers but uh the the person who's marrying us actually is is our hillel director who when we met at university 10 years ago uh, we've kept in touch with and we've seen him as a bit of a spiritual and pastoral advisor ever since to, to add on, um, from the first iteration of this of this wedding and, and even down to like colors and little things, I think we've both, and particularly me, have gotten more comfortable voicing what it is that we are looking for and we want, um, whereas before we were taking a little more direction. But I, I've spoken to so many um, married couples older than us, and so many of them have said, oh, I wish I put my foot down. I, you know, I let my, I let my parents or my in-laws kind of guide it and I wish I'd done this differently and now on this fifth time planning the wedding like I absolutely turn to our family to give us give us feedback and to tell us whether I there's holes in our ideas but I feel a lot more confident that if there's something that I thought would be a really fun thing at a party you know why not yeah um we we have a home together we have a dog together we're talking about family planning as well so yeah our lives have evolved significantly um over the past few years uh since we first got engaged listen we've heard that some couples have actually broken up in the time since the weddings uh, were planned and covid so you guys not only survived covid but you survived bridezilla and groomzilla and five times that means something that you're about your relationship no yeah it's stronger than ever what are you foreseeing is going to be the the COVID measures that you're taking besides the food stations, which is one, but masks, not masks, bride and groom masks. What do you got? So just the format and, you know, where we're going to have our lounge seating and everything will allow for people to separate if they so choose. We have insisted that all of our guests be uh, fully vaccinated if they're able to to do so, and and not just fully vaccinated by Ontario standards, but have all available vaccinations to them. So that means third or fourth doses if the option is available, um, and uh, except for except for medical reasons, and and there's one guest I believe that has a medical exemption, and we're going to insist that that she uh, wear a mask and take uh, take an antigen test as soon as she can before. Uh, and hoping that everything remains safe. And, and as things change, if the situation changes, we're not rescheduling at this point. We're full steam ahead. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and if we have to adjust our plans from this, then we'll go from there. And that's what Jewish Canada sounds like for this episode of the CJN Daily, sponsored by Metropia. Integrity, community, quality, and customer care. If you've got a COVID wedding story you'd like to tell us, just drop us a line at ebesner at thecjn.ca. You can even record it on your phone and maybe we'll play one or two of them on a coming show. Today's listener shout-out goes to Pinchas Guder, a Toronto Holocaust survivor we've had on the show. He recently met the U.S. Vice President's husband, Douglas Amhoff. Well, sort of. When the VP's Jewish spouse was visiting the Steven Spielberg Holocaust Collection in California, he was able to watch Guder's hologram talk about his Holocaust story, and then the real Guder zoomed in from his home to talk to Emhoff in person. 
And we'll end the show with a snippet from the Chai Folk Dancer's new album. This is a track called Zemmer Lach. Thank you.